Back cut off. Final count. What's up, guys? Three, two. There it is. Good job, buddy. That was really good. Thank you. What's up, guys? Our wrestling podcast back at you with another episode. This is Dave Vicious along with Justin Little Package. He said the thing. Craig the British Bulldog and Uncle Cuz bring you our perspective on the world of professional wrestling. No inside sources, no ties to the industry, just stories from the diehards sharing opinions with you. Today's topic Ang Sung Heroes for audio fans. Give us a listen on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts. Or watch our videos on YouTube at Our Wrestling Channel. On social media, can you give us a follow on Instagram at OWP2019 or on Facebook at Our Wrestling Podcast. Jess, what's an unsung hero? I don't know. It's your topic. Oh. Can you imagine? Um, <laughs> uh, I don't write topics. So I want to go around the table. Let's freeform a little bit on this one, too. And uh, unsung heroes, like people that you think in pro wrestling wrestlers on screen or people behind the scenes that you think that people don't talk about them enough like they contributed so much and a lot it happens a lot right there's a like, lot of people uh, like edge back. right like edge St- why are you saying that right now why are you trying to start an edge fight with me like in the beginning of the <laughs> i don't know I'm sorry for it um, <laughs> i apologize that was me <laughs> uh so i there's a lot of people that are like oh you know what like they don't get or they were for a long time or they did this and that and uh, so i wanted to talk about a little bit about the unsung heroes of pro wrestling people that don't you don't think get enough praise so i want to go around yeah. the room we'll offer a couple suggestions i have a little list here hope you guys brought some people uh oh, and then we'll go around i brought some we'll, we'll talk, talk about, about some. talking about come it. on in guys I'm just kidding. simple <laughs> whoa you, you brought them with you wow you brought oh, them with whoa you. uh you guys want me to throw you a curveball curve curve ball? Ball? Right, do it um way ahead of her time i talk about it all the time um she was better than the mainstream women wrestling, r- women wrestlers cool. in it before it got big. Becky Lynch. Got it. No. Okay. Uh, I like, ugh. <laughs> that ugh for what was that? Um, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you right now. Uh, <clears throat> Mickey James, while she does get a lot of credibility, I get it, is oh. a total, total unsung hey, hero. Total, total unsung hero. So. Yeah. If you go back and you watch Mickey James and WWF slash E, uh, against Trish, um, one one thing's for sure: we all know this. She was better than Trish uh, in, in the ring. I would say she 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 had she was better technically than every other female Careful. wrestler. Probably, I, I, I don't know. Careful, <laughs> so, I love Trish. Um, <laughs> she, yeah, no, Trish and Trish is great. I'm not trying to say that Trish is Dave. a bad wrestler, but, but Mickey James is is an incredible technical wrestler. Back in the late '90s, early 2000s. When it didn't exist yet, with the exception of like a few, like you know the Bulnicadas or whatever, you know, even even better than uh, Medusa and things like that. She she's better, and she was way better. She had to hold herself back, like Alexa Bliss had to hold her hold herself back in like you know 2015, 2016 to other people. She they couldn't, they just couldn't hold their own with her. Mickey James was on another level so much that she's wrestled for over twenty years, and she can still do it now, and she's still okay, amazing. Okay, and okay, her character work at the I same time was off the chain. Like she really, when they wanted her to be a crazy, you know, I mean, crazy lunatic, you know, Mickey James, do? she I mean, did that. I did become the new women's champion at WrestleMania. Hello. From my former idol, Trish Stratus. Yeah, so, so I dressed like Trish and I did dye my hair like Trish, didn't I? <laughs> I mean, I, I guess you could even say I, I tried to 
Uh, she she did more shock stuff, uh, you know, to for us to see things than than even like Sable did at moments. Like Sable was pretty shocked, but Mickey was on fire with character, had one of the best technical abilities of any female wrestler ever, uh, and probably still can show female wrestlers of today a thing or two. And I, I don't think we talk about I, I talk about her all the time. I get that, but I mean. I don't think the wrestling world understands what Mickey James was capable of. And I think she was ahead of her time. And that's why she kind of gets missed. Um, total unsung hero for me. Just, just a big one. That's a really good choice. Um, I'm going to go next only because I can't lead off and I can't end because this person, I don't think like, you know, it's like, it's like when you lead off of something or whatever, like that does not. So I'm going to go with uh, JJ Dillon. I don't think a lot of people talk about J.J. Dillon, not just for his on screen. I know he's in the Hall of Fame with the Horseman. I get that. Um, and he was the manager of the Horseman. But starting at that point, um, he managed them in the back like Paul Ellering did with the, the Road Warriors. Like it's like they he was their manager on screen, but he had to fucking corral people like Flair and Blanchard. That's a lot. That's a lot. And Blanchard, who are party animals. And, you know, Anderson and Ole, I'm sure, fell in line just fine. Um, and then later Wyndham. But like mm. he had to, he managed them. He made sure they were on flights. He made sure Smoking, that choking. he was actually the, between if Flair didn't like his booking, he would go to JJ and be like, I don't really think that they should do that or whatever. And then JJ would go to Crockett and be like, eh, you know, so what's the, what's the, you know, the script the story for the horseman this week. Okay. Flair doesn't like that. He's not really into that. Like whatever. And J so JJ did a lot. Then what a lot of people don't know is JJ went to the WWF um, in the early nineties after Crockett uh, sold to Turner. Uh, there was no room for JJ. So JJ went there. JJ was the original talent relations position before Jim Ross took it over. No JJ, way. Uh, yeah. So, and JJ was also my inspiration for this topic because he was, uh, they were talking about him on one of Conrad's podcasts and in the mid nineties, when WWF was tanking and, you know, the steroid accusations just ended and then WCW started to come on really hard. Um, they Vince cut everybody's salary by 50%. That was on the wrestling side. So like Chris Pritchard, uh, you know, all the wrestlers, um, JJ, like Patterson, they all got their salaries cut by 50%. And he's like, to stay alive, we have to do this. I'm sorry, you say wrestlers or non-wrestlers? I'm sorry. Uh, re on the wrestling side. So uh, Pat uh, Patterson and all of them were considered on the wrestling side because they booked and stuff. Okay. So people in Titan Towers, they did not get their salaries cut like the the advertising department or whatever because he didn't want to lose them. because People that are the making WWE, the movies. and Yeah, like one of the WWF's kind of big yeah. thing is like their production value and all that stuff. But people yeah. like Bruce, people like JJ, they all got their salary cut by 50%. So in order to get JJ over... Wow. Um, he he was working for Vince for a while, and Vince said, "Hey, pal, why don't you why don't you grow your roots here?" And he's like, "Well, because he was renting." And he's like, "Oh, you know, like I don't I don't make that much money. I can't buy a house in Connecticut or whatever." And he's like, "Look, what do you need for your down payment?" He's like, "I need this much money." And he was like, "Okay, I'm gonna give you all that money, and I'll just slowly deduct it from your paycheck every week." He's like, "Okay," so he did that. He bought a house. He had a younger wife. JJ did at the time who wanted a family, and they started having a family or whatever. And then that's when Vince came to him. He's like, "Hey, I gotta." I got to cut your salary in half. He's like, dude, I can't fucking live if you do that. And I can't afford this house. So he went to, uh, he went to Shivani and said, uh, can you talk to Bischoff and, uh, see if he has a place for me? 
So I guess for a while, Shivani's like, JJ, JJ, JJ. And finally, you know, uh, Bischoff came back to him and said, so what are you talking about? Well, what could JJ do? Well, JJ could do whatever he wanted. He could do office work. He could do whatever. He's talent relations over there. Like he really needs a job. Vince cut a salary. And of cut. course, and that I gave Bischoff JJ a boner because he's beating personally, Vince as so he's like, a lot right. of people would, so I'm sure. Gave, uh, when those JJ pay cuts came salary, down, allegedly, they JJ only Dillon, went to the quote-unquote well, wrestling McMahon people. So people who had a wrestling background saw their income cut by nearly 50%. People who weren't wrestling people did not enjoy such a cut, but now he's left struggling to pay for a house that he could barely afford on a full income. And now he's got a half income and it's just a mess. So I, you know, I understand when you said, well, maybe JJ shouldn't handle his business that way, but I, I can't help, but know that story and think shit. If I was JJ, I'd be looking for somewhere to go too. Yeah. But he, he, it was, he was burned out. Yeah. Conrad, no, the, the, the workload and the responsibilities and, you know, uh, having to handle talent issues, it seemed like, you know, I talked to JJ I said, do you ever go talk to Vince about good news? Just one of those things where I think JJ should be talked about, you know, because he did a lot of stuff behind the scenes. A lot of people remember him as the horse manager. And then he wasn't really on TV again until 97, 98, when he was the commissioner in WCW. But there was a lot of stuff. I think a lot of people don't talk about JJ. He was the original talent relations that Jim Ross gets all the credit for. But he started that position like JJ did and kind of developed it. So my offering is JJ. I've rambled on I, that's that's good but that that's dude that's fire i didn't know any of that yeah, stuff I talk about that. like i, I, I don't want to shit on vince right you can shit on vince for a lot of no, things it's okay that's that, fine but but that stick, period stick it that to, period stick, was tough for wwf i mean it really but, was like but sticking people don't it to realize vince how close where... he was to going back to territory and regional again, because again, wcw was stomping the shit out of him like it was bad like it wasn't there's... good yeah, yeah, yeah. um yeah. um this guy's getting his flowers now, um, finally, but I, I think I believe he's still unsung hero considering how long he's done what he's done. And he's kind of an afterthought, not, not someone that you thought he, um, oh, no, My, Michael Cole. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Uh, that's that's excellent. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, I, I think a dude Christian. that has missed three shows in 22 years. Yeah. That's, wow. uh, he will always <laughs> Be second banana to Jim Ross, although he's been in the seat much, much longer than Jr. ever was. Yep. Um, True, and a guy that uh, fought his way from nothing and now is um, in charge of all the voice talent. And they want him; they wanted him both SmackDown and Raw to be the. And, and, and when you say brand. they, Craig, you mean Endeavor. Endeavor's like he's the voice of WWE. You need to put him yes. on both shows and. Yes. They basically had to do what Endeavor told them to do, and I think all that time they're like, "Well, it's just it's just him." It's like, no, you don't you don't understand. Like, no, you don't even Endeavor know what you back have. Then it was a uh, was Vince. No, 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 no. Like, no, I'm, just I'm recently like, they just wanted recently. Michael, oh, sorry, they sorry, wanted Michael Cole to be both shows and the brand. Oh, okay. He's the voice sorry, of sorry, WWE. Sorry. Yeah, he's now is on what both shows. He, he is the voice of WWE, and he kind of has been. And it took another company buying them to tell WWE that, which I think to your point, Craig, we all knew. Mm -hmm. Right. Sorry, go ahead. We, I mean, Please. we 
we still don't really we still probably see him as behind. He's no Shivani or Gordon Soli or Jr. But any kid that's watched the last ten Shivani. years, he's better than Shivani. I yeah. think so. Um, yeah. Any any kid now that's watched, all they've known is for the last fifteen years is probably Michael Cole, right? Yeah, like that's uh, crazy. Along uh, uh, with our new broadcast, and he still gets better and better. And I think back he was revitalized during the McAfee period and, and yeah. fell yeah. another lot. They were so funny together. Thanks, guys, in the locker room, the Legion of Doom, Animal and Hawk and Gentlemen. If you can defeat the nation of domination tonight you will advance to the finals of the tag team tournament your thoughts Almost like nothing yeah. happening yeah except for like someone comes in and like gee what's up man That was a great call out Craig uh cuz what do you what do you yeah. got Man, uh, those are some good ones. Uh, he's all shoot. Michael Cole. I'm like, no, that, no. Hulk Hogan is on. Hulk Hogan is going to have a lot of Hogan and Stone Cold in one. Uh, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do uh, Curtis Axel. Because he's, oh, the guy, shit. he's the guy that they, well, not only does he have a backstage role now. Who's um, his dad, cuz? I don't remember. Who, what are we? Brian Mr. Talk about Mr. We all know Kurt Henning, but uh, he's the guy. Whenever The Rock comes back, they have him brush off the ring rust with him. He's the guy that he I really, think, yeah. He and he and I, and with other guys that are coming back from like rehab and stuff, like he's the guy that they get in the ring with. So he still works there, cuz yeah, he, he's backstage now. Like you see him come out whenever, that. yeah, you see him come out when there's brawls being broken up and stuff. He comes I didn't out. even know that. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, him wow. and Bobby Roode. And uh, wow, I didn't even know yeah, that. I, I, That's I, knew, awesome. I knew Bobby was there, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, you. I didn't even know. Jamie what a Noble. great episode! <laughs> this is, and the, the whole world ends right now. Everything blows up <laughs> as That's we got like a million I, subscribers I, after. Now, this episode. Well, I didn't even now, know that. Now, now yeah. I'm gonna be looking. Now yeah. I'm gonna be looking for. Yeah, <laughs> just at the. Well, the, the I, I feel that episode. same way about Jamie Noble. He's been back there the whole time. He's helping work matches. He always comes out and breaks. God damn it, Dave! Save it. Yeah, I know. So for the for next episode. Yeah, that was, uh, that was my, uh, all right. So my let's do round there. fucking two. I, I'm enjoying it. Uh, Craig, do you want to lead off round two, or what are we doing here? We're doing a round two. Yeah, I. Uh, this is purely for spectacle and almost like unsung, as in like, why did he do this to himself? But uh, Spike mm. Dudley. Um, uh, my mm. God. That was... oh, what are you talking about? This is exact definition, Craig, of like fucking Spike Dudley is an unsung hero. Yeah, he died <laughs> 18 times. I'm convinced that 18, his heart stopped. Yeah, he was Kenny. Well, he's he's a South Park Kenny. Uh, I mean, watch him. You, know you know what? Real quick yeah. before you go, the 2023 version of Spike is Darby Allen. Yes. Yeah, oh my God. It's like when you really think about he, it. He, go ahead, go yeah. Ahead. More more than Jeff Hardy. He's he's a it's, Spike Dudley copy. Yeah, yeah. It's it's Spike with respect. At least uh, and like he <laughs> where where Spike kind of crawled. Darby's walking and actually getting respect as a wrestler while taking yeah. those bumps because Spike did not. And uh, I I love to see on Twitter and stuff and or X or whatever montages of Spike Dudley bumps for three minutes. Went around this last yeah. couple awful, of weeks. But the greatest you you watch it to pay tribute to him. It's awful. Like, and mm -hmm. half the time I'm like, why? I love taking they, Why did even if Spike agrees to this? Why is the wrestler doing it to him? Doing it to him? Like knowing? Like for it, it was almost because, like the first because Spike Spike begs them to. By the way, I mean yeah. he loves Undertaker it. Yeah, he said does. that Spike fucking begged me all day when he chokes him over the top rope. Yeah, like he's like so he Spike wouldn't leave me alone. He just you no, know, you're gonna yeah. do it. You're gonna do it. Like, he was the first guy that I oh see take a bump from inside the ring to outside. Yeah. Um, I like, like how Undertaker, by the way, is innocent on everything. 
Mick made me throw him off the cage. Yeah, exactly. Jeff Hardy made me throw him off the ladder. I was like, "Really? Are you sure? I see a pattern here." Mr. I yeah. thought he was. I thought he was dead. I'll do. Thought he was dead. But I mean, my God. Um, <clears throat> and I think wow. he loved it. And I hope he's okay. I hope he's walking now. Hey, so many awesome moments in that God, uh, okay, I'll go next. Oh. oh man, I gotta be quick. Uh, so many. I'm gonna go, mm. I'm gonna go Shane Douglas. Okay, that's a good one. Uh, you guys are pulling out the ECW, so and the main reason ACW. why it's, fu- it, it's funny you say that because I was watching ECW show and I kind of came up with this. God. And, um, yeah, and, well, after I listened to the podcast and I was like, oh, who else do I want to choose? Because I knew DJ and I wanted to do that. And I was watching ECW and I was like, oh, Shane Douglas. And because of that, right. What a lot of people don't know about Shane Douglas is that he started out in the late '80s, so he was in—he yeah, was a dynamic yep. dude, uh, you know, in in WCW in '88, '89. He uh, was tag champs with Ricky Steamboat in like '92. He was in WWF in '91 as just Shane mm-hmm. Douglas. Like, yeah, yeah, he tried 100%. that. So he he was in like he was in there with a lot of the legends from the fucking rock and '80s and all that stuff that we know. And then he tried. Uh, like uh later in WCW, I think he tried in 92, 93 after Steamboat. He broke away, he wanted to be singles, and he couldn't, and then he left again, and then he went to ECW. And then he threw the NWA belt down, which it's it, like it was dead at the time. And for people who don't know, when he threw that belt down, it didn't mean anything to the mainstream media, but to the dirt sheets God, and to everybody else who was still clinging on to pro wrestling and trying to figure and out Rick why Steve do I Mott like North American pro wrestling in the nineties? Because there was no reason to it. Um, the belt out what in the hell is he doing? Because I am not the man who accepts a torch to be handed down to me from an organization that died. R.I.P. Seven years ago, the franchise, Shane Douglas, is the man who ignites the new flame of the sport of professional wrestling. That's the issue of your belt. Before God and my father is witness, I declare myself the franchise as the new. ECW heavyweight champion of the world. And Paul Heyman was right with him. And he was like that heel champion that always avoided people. The buildup between him and Taz was probably one of the coolest things in pro wrestling you'll ever see. Um, The the faction that he had with Bigelow and Candido 
triple threat and uh, like was awesome. And Shane Douglas was so good on the mic, and especially he when he was angry with people yep. like Ric Flair. He called him Dick Flair and all that <laughs> stuff like all the time. He was the oh, yeah. anti he was the anti top promotions. He was the anti WWE, anti WWF. And then he even left because, again, good. Paul Heyman understood you need to make money. He failed as Dean Douglas and then he came back. And he still wrestled or whatever like that. So Shane Douglas is an unsung hero to me because he never made it even after that. He went to WCW, didn't really do well. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? And, like, he, and for some he reason, was, never he, been he chosen was a drug a addict and he, or anything, he beat drugs still and all that it. stuff. Like he was an addict for a while, too, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so like he he was Mick Foley's biggest uh, proprietor, by the way. He loved Mick Foley. They went to the same wrestling school and Shane Douglas always mm-hmm. fucking. Hey, what about Mick? What about Mick? He loved Mick Foley and they were good friends. And uh I think Shane Douglas is my second offering. So. That's a good, it's a good one. He he didn't get his comeuppance until ECW, and he was he was great. And I think we rooted for him for a long time too. Like we're like, why is this guy not getting over? And they're they're putting him over on TV, but it just never worked out. And ne- we never understood but, it. But yeah, know? and no no one gave an opportunity backstage towards the end of yeah. the career. Or even now, he's just right. gone from the business, which is very strange to me. I don't know. He was a he was a legit podcast. teacher. That's why he was Dean Douglas. He legitly yeah. had mm-hmm. a teaching degree and all that stuff. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Okay. Uh, who's next? Who, Craig, you went right. Yep. Second yeah. Hey, for uh, yeah. You ready? Go for it, buddy. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the guy that um, he actually, on paper, you wouldn't say is an unsung hero because of all the recognition he gets and the praise he gets and everything, but I still feel like he's still Almost. an unsung hero. And uh, that's sorry, that's Almost. the ultimate. He he's he's on the top of every list of every. <laughs> sorry go ahead ahead. yeah uh i think sting is very unsung i i I can tell us actually i like that a lot fucking right i like like that a lot fucking right and i think he saved wcw for more like when he was talking before you know flair came out to you know ruin Mm -hmm. it just him talking and, and like, <laughs> I'm talking, out. like him thanking out. everyone, and I'm like, man, we're I'm gonna miss Sting. Like th- this is like the end, and and it sucks to sure. see him going. And I feel like even though he was like WCW's centerpiece, he was always loyal, and he was always good. You know, he was unselfish, and and even an impact, yeah. and even in AEW. He's always and, been that way, and uh, yeah, see, and I think that's. I think the that more speaks unsung. to the human being that Sting is. No, yeah, and 100%. I think Sting does not want that attention, even though Dixie put him as like the centerpiece, and so did Jarrett. Yep. But Sting's like, right. no, 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 no. If you want to put anybody over me, go ahead. I'll, I'll lay down for yeah. whatever. Like he was that good. I yeah, yeah, and that's the part I think why he's unsung in that. Like we all know him. Mm. He's an icon. You know, that's his name, or that's his uh, one of his uh, taglines there. But he he wasn't but, only a good wrestler that was on top for a while. He he saved. An, an industry and a, and a federation for several yeah. years, well, probably more than I, one. I think he flourishes more in the secondary promotions, right? He goes to WWE. He's like, eh, I mean, they jobbed him out because they're, you know, WWE, but I mean, like it, like he was okay there. He was fine. And I'm glad he got that exposure, yep. but then he goes to AEW and does what sting does. Same thing he did in TNA where he's like, I'm just going to help people and I'll be here. And and then he starts I'll jumping off shit, and you're yeah. like, dude, he's fucking sixteen. He's jumping off shit, yeah. Like you know, because and then he then right. he reminds you, oh yeah, because he's a legend. Like he's one of the best that's ever. Because yeah, he's freaking Sting. Yeah, and you, you you tend to forget. I don't care though. This is this is my moment. This is your moment. I want to share it with you. So here goes. I started my very first match with AEW was Revolution 2021. 
And my very last match will be Revolution 2024. One more key, one more key thing that you guys all need to know. The only thing for sure about Sting is my retirement, Revolution 2024, is for sure. Yep. That's a good I, th one. I think you're right, cuz I think unselfish people um, often are unsung heroes. Yep. In life. I, 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 I feel like that part. We should have. We should have ended the. We should have ended the show with that. But I'll try. I'll try to. Fucked up, bad, cuz you should have. <laughs> yeah. So good. So good. It should have been mine. Sorry. Um, that's Dave, Dave have never mic. No, that's not. That's not what we're talking about. No, I. <laughs> Yo, Dave Batista. I. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go cruiser. I'm gonna. I'm gonna cruise this one home, and I'm gonna Dave pick a cruiser weight. Oh. And I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with D Malenko as an unsung hero. That's I think. another I game. Knew, I fucking knew it. So by the way, I it's wrote D list? Malenko down and I put in parentheses Dave, like right next to it. I knew you were gonna <laughs> say that. Uh, I love D Malenko. That's, that's I'm such a big one, yep. fan. And Did you think I was gonna go Coco, Jess? Coco should have gone. Should have gone. Coco. Well, you know, no, and I should have. There's no reason why yeah, I shouldn't have. Uh, should have. No, uh, D, D Malenko. For those that don't know. <laughs> Um, is a part of the great cruiserweight history of WCW, kind of like towards the end full. But a lot of people don't know too. He he held the cruiserweight title in WWF for like a year as well. I think if I'm not mistaken, they're light um, heavyweight. Yeah, they're light heavyweight. Yeah, not the and cruiser. his dad wrestled. Yeah, and the man of a thousand holes. You weren't kidding. If you watch the Dean Malenko match, he helped create the cruiserweight division in WCW that we are so fascinated with. And it's funny every time we talk about cruiserweight, we talk about Jericho. We talk about um. Guerrero. Uh, Dean Mysterio. was responsible. I mean, Ray would have gotten over eventually, but big reason why Ray were right when he came in is Dean yeah. fucking sold for him and did everything. And mm -hmm. their original feud is, I remember, if you say WCW Cruiserweight, name a feud, I'd be like Dean and Ray. Like, there's really yeah. no. Like, but what's funny is a lot A lot of people will talk about Jericho first, so they'll talk about others, which is understandable. Jericho yeah. is way over. Or Guerrero. And gets his accolades. Or Guerrero. But Dean kind of gets lost in that fold, and I think he was the foundation of a cruiserweight division that it would have still been good, but I don't think it would have gotten the accolades, to your point, to get Mysterio where he was. and where No, he there's got to be a guy yeah, that knows amazing. how to work. I'm, I'm passionate about this. There's got to right. be a guy that knows how to work with smaller people. And even though Dean was a smaller cruiserweight, Ray was tiny. And Dean yeah. knew right away. Like oh I know I know I know how to work this guy I got it I know I know I know like, how to get this one over that's a talent and that's one. something that you're right nobody gives him credit you're like, for I'm I'm just like name a bad Demolinko match you can't um but the problem is too is like oh name all the best cruiserweights you ever <laughs> think of Malenko may not make that list for some people he kind of gets forgotten about and he is out of all those wrestlers he's probably the best technical wrestler of American wrestling out of any cruiserweight on that list. Um, oh, yeah. you know, Guerrero takes a different style of lucha. Uh, Mysterio is all lucha. Um, Jericho has a lot of different style rates, but I would argue that Malenko is a better technical wrestler than he is. And a lot of people tend to forget about what uh, Malenko was and what he was capable of. That that guy was just so much fun to watch in the ring. It was it was really dancing, and it was I I'd never. If someone says Malenko's coming on next, I'm not I'm not getting out I'm not getting off the couch. I'm like, can someone get me a soda? Um, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna miss that. And I think a lot of people forget about him. That's my yep. that's my that's a great way hero. to close it out. That was awesome. Anyway. Well done. Yeah. This episode I mean, was good go. job, Fantastic. everybody.
There you go. For we, we got to do more of these. For audio fans, yo. give us a listen on Apple. Whoa, sorry. Spotify, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, <laughs> Google Podcasts. Or watch our videos on YouTube at Our Wrestling Channel. On social media, can you give us a follow at OWB2019 on Instagram or on Facebook at Our Wrestling Podcast. For Jess Craig, cousin myself, this is the OWP oh, signing off. Oh, Have a good one. <laughs>